Welcome to the new healthcare economy where everyone wins for a change. Employers, consumers, primary care physicians, outcomes, shareholders, even our communities all win with costs dropping 20 to 60%. This unstoppable direct contracting movement bypasses the big middles with their crooked game boards, devious rule book, rigged dice, and purchased referees. I'm Rob Barshop, and I'm glad you're here. By the numbers, 25 million members are using direct primary care across the country. That's the population of Australia or Texas, and more than watch the World Series and Game 7 of the NBA Finals together. 27.5 million, slightly more, are uninsured in America. And by the way, I'm going to link all of the data that's tied to this uh, in the show notes. 159 to 179 million, depending on which poll you're looking at, have insurance through work. And almost half of those are functionally uninsured, meaning they have coverage, they just can't afford the deductible. They don't have enough liquidity. And that's that data set is backed up by 60% of Americans cannot afford their medications, so they skip them. 60%. 62% of Americans make under 20 bucks an hour. That's kind of the most shocking one I've, I have, is that basically two out of three Americans are, are an hourly employee. So the big problem, if you put all this data together, because numbers are hard on, on a show like this, is we have an overwhelmingly hourly workforce who are in majority functionally uninsured, which is triple the number of the uninsured who get all the press. In fact, we're in an election year next year, so you're going to hear a lot about uninsured Americans. But functionally uninsured is easily double, perhaps triple that number. So the big opportunity here is direct primary care in its ecosystem with free market surgery, independent imaging, we're going to talk about that today, wholesale pharmacy and independent specialists add one to two million members a year to that 25 million I said at the top who opt out of the American sick care factory medicine system. And it's being fueled by 82% of employers who are now self-insured. Of those self-insured, one in three over 5,000 employees are using direct care. So it's got a lot of names, this direct primary care that's called on-site or near-site care. It's called advanced primary care. It's called advanced care. It's got a lot of names, direct care, uh, virtual first or virtual primary care. It's called digital first. I've heard it called all these things. It's all the same thing, guys. DPC is the sort of the mother tree and all of those are branches of it that have slight variations. Now, the only losers in this whole equation of this fast-growing movement, and it is a movement, is the big extractors, the middles who are led by the chief preservation officers who value shareholders over the rest of us. They make gobs of money in this long-term kind of battle. It's not a battle royale, but I'm not crying for them because they're going to do fine for the next several decades. This is going to take a while to take over. But it is a movement that absorbs and treats you totally fairly, regardless of your class, color, beliefs, or sex. So the CEO generally gets the same plan in healthcare as the new dock worker that just got hired yesterday. It's an unstoppable movement, as was the self-insured movement, as they fled the bigs, because it's efficient, it's wise, it's cheaper, it's better, it's faster. Everything about it makes sense. We count seven winners, including outcomes, lower costs, 
the docs and nurses win, we consumers win, and we employees win, shareholders win, employers win, and communities win. And if you want to know how communities win, there's about seven different ways with guests on the show. And my favorite one is Rosen Care Model in Orlando, where crime is basically gone in the two school districts that they've implemented their DPC in. And it's free in the final analysis. We're going to talk about that in another show, how it's free. But it pays for itself right away for the employer. It's triple free over a few years. So the ROI is anywhere from two and a half to three to one by three years of implementing this. According to the largest study ever done, the ROI is actually closer to 10 to one, as high as 13 to one when you add in soft costs. Because that's how this works. I, I mean, I can't get a two to one or a three to one in my IRA, can you? Much less a 10 to one. But once employers truly get that it's fact, Jack, Katie bar the door, this is an unstoppable future where everybody is winning by the numbers. All right, well, we're delighted to invite for round two, three years later, Dr. Kristen Dickerson, who founded Green Imaging in 2011, which is the national leader for sourcing independent owned imaging and radiology. She's also a leader in the Free Market Medical Association chapter in Medical City, USA, Houston, where she resides. Kristen, welcome back to the show. Thanks so much for having me. Excited to be here. Yeah, me too. Well, I'll, let me ask you, do you have any comments before we get going? Um, it, it's been an interesting three years. <laughs> I'm just trying to think back. Wow, it's been a blur. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm interested in, in seeing where this goes and, and catching up with you. Well, okay, so let's start with, you had 1,200, uh, well, 1,200 imaging locations signed up when we first spoke, and I, of course, I follow you, and you had then 1,500, and then I've seen the number 1,700 pop up. Is that how many independent imaging centers are in America right now? Oh, you know, not all of those are independent. Some of them are chains of centers now that are private equity owned. Um, they typically see, you know, the value in what we're doing, which is bringing them, um, you know, patients. We're basically doing marketing on their behalf. They're yeah. not. And the other thing we do for the imaging centers is we provide them clean radiologist protocol orders. They don't have to go chase them down where the orthopedists send them down the hall at the hospital. Uh, there's no author verification at their end. We pay their price and we pay them promptly. And we're also starting to work with some hospitals. That wow. um, is, a, you know, been a very recent phenomenon. But you know, I go in and I tell them, look, you know, the first six thousand dollars typically are going to be paid by a patient. Um, you are collecting nine cents on the dollar right now from patients. I'm going to pay your price and pay you promptly. That's a better deal. And I'm starting to get real traction there. You know, I, I like talking to people smarter than me, and that's evidence you're smarter than me. But so let, this nine cents on the dollar, is that a, a national stat or is that that particular hospital you were speaking with? That's a national stat. And, um, you know, at last I had heard it was about 26 cents on the dollar. Wow. Uh, the most recent stat I heard is nine cents on the dollar. And they spend a lot of money to collect that. And there's a lot of energy that goes into that. Yeah. Revenue cycle management. Um, well, Okay, that's a shocking number. Well, I want to get into the numbers of imaging right now. Um, so uh, let's talk about the model and how it works first. If I'm a, first of all, I'm assuming your your chief customer is going to be employers. Is that uh, right? And cash pay consumers? Yes. Um, we're working with some, you know, independent health plans, some kind of, especially the um, ones that are 
you know, uh, reference sure. that are, um, have primary care at their core, yeah. um, you know, about what you spoke earlier, the DPC kind of model. Yeah. Uh, there's some innovative health plans coming out that are incorporating us into the plan. There's actually a PPO in Austin that's doing that. And um, TPAs tend, you know, to like to bring us in for all of their clients. But really, I think the best model is directly with the employer. Okay, I agree. That's the cleanest. Um, so we don't know if we have, do we, I, I mentioned 1700. Are we high? Are we low? Are we in the middle? What, what is that looking like today for how many are signed up with you? We're close to 3000. Um, wow. some of those, you know, some facilities just want to work with us on a, a cash basis and we yeah. do that. So they're not all formally contracted. Um, you know, but we do do ongoing, um, assessments of quality, both at the imaging level and the customer service level. So, you know, facilities come and go. We don't give you, you know, more than a strike, um, you know, to continue to provide great care for our members. And so we do remove centers from our network. And we're also adding them really daily, you know, if not daily, weekly. Well, so let me understand what I sh what should I call what y'all do? I call it independent imaging, but it's not independent imaging. What would you it's call it? I really think it, it, we call it a preferred diagnostic testing network. Okay. We've really, at our client's uh, request, expanded what the testing we're offering. So we do EMGs, EEGs, sleep studies, um, you know, a lot of studies that will be on the same order form um, for a patient so that they don't have to go find two or three different places to do their testing. Um, where we can, we offer, you know, the additional studies as well. That's a mouthful, preferred diagnostic testing. <laughs> no, it, it gets more and more complex, but yeah. it, you know, it works. Okay. And how many radiologists are associated with those 3,000 centers? Oh, gosh, I don't even know. That would, I, I think probably typically. Yeah, in, in this day and age with private equity backed um, radiologists, that's, you know, who, who knows? Yeah. But, um, within, within Green Imaging, we have eight radiologists um, that work with us in different capacities. That's expanding, though, um, okay. with private equity backed radiologists kind of taking over the market. Um, there is a big demand for radiologists who will read for a flat so that an imaging center can bill globally, you know, one bundled mm -hmm. price. And um, there, there's also been a marked escalation in the cost of the professional fees. And, you know, they're looking for fairly priced uh, imaging services. That's the next question of Keith Smith. And you're going to know, uh, he's going to know the top of his head answers to everything. But he had to think about this question as how many surgery, surgeries has Oklahoma, Surgery Center of Oklahoma done and he said 250,000, but he had to think about it for a minute or two. How much imaging have you done since 2011? Oh, gosh. I, I've got to think through that math. Um, I would say we're scheduling 350 a week. I got, I got to do some math there. Um, it's a lot. Okay. So over 150,000 a year in the last yes. year. Okay. All right. Yes. So that's going to add to our number. So again, we talked about 25 million that are in just DPC. There's another quarter of a million in just one of the 30 or 40 surgery centers. There's, you know, quarter of a million a year in your world. So we're way past 25 million when we talk about this ecosystem. It's uh, it's much larger than anybody's actually accounting for. Okay, so let's talk about the 
do you ever have employers complain your pricing is not low enough? <laughs> you know, we do because they don't understand our pricing and they don't understand our model. Um, you know, reference-based pricing um, can be less expensive on an apples to apples basis. But when you look at the soft savings we provide, it um, we really win out. Number one, we don't have the administrative fees of a reference-based pricing plan, where frequently the reference-based pricing plan gets paid more to reprice the exam than they actually pay the provider. Um, we also downcode exams because we have radiologists protocoling the exams. We don't do a CT of the chest that's ordered without and with contrast that way because it doesn't need to be done that way. We do it with contrast or without contrast, which saves the patient half the radiation and saves the employer significantly significant money. And then the other thing is that that because our pricing is fair, you know, in Houston, a non-contrast MRI, our best price is $390. Because our pricing is fair and the employers can afford to pay for that for their employee rather than, you know, have the patient go down the hall at the hospital where that, that same exam is going to cost $1,600. The one expensive imaging exam and some of these new uh, PET CTs, we feed MRIs paid out, you know, in the thousands um, and other outside of Houston. I, in MD Anderson, it would be in the thousands. One expensive imaging exam can put the patient over their deductible, and then the plan has to pick up everything else for the year. Whereas if they're paying an affordable price for a green imaging exam, they, you know, the patient is, it doesn't go against the deductible because the employer paid for it. So so they're I think not the, a little bit of a confounding thing for the consumer and the employer is imaging, even at fair pricing at 390, as you said, it's going to vary widely across all of your different locations, right? I mean, yes. it's not 390 standard every city you're in and every imaging center, even in those cities. Correct. And it, I'm assuming the prices can change overnight too. They can charge 395 the next day if they want. So there's no way for you to publish transparent prices on your website. We have some representative prices on our website, but what we do, if, if you email us or go on our website and request a price, we'll give it to you. And it'll okay. hold bot, you know, we'll hold to that. Well, I think a safe thing to say would be that you can lower costs on imaging anywhere from 20 to 60% and even higher. I've seen 80%. So it's, I think if you just promise a range that no matter what they're being charged at the hospital, they're going to get a 20 to 60% discount working through green imaging. Is that somewhere close to accurate? That That's very accurate. What we saw pre-pandemic was we had about 60% savings apples to apples as compared to exams and the average self-funded healthcare plan, closer to 70%, um, you know, post-pandemic as, as there's been significant inflation in pricing and imaging. I'm going to, at the after the show, you and I are going to hang on the phone for a bit, and I'm going to give go through my list of CEOs I know in direct primary care of these corporations that are now national. There's 10 of them, and there's another 14 that are regional. And I haven't discovered them all, but that's the ones I've had on the show. That uh, And that's how I get this number 25 million, because 23 million represented in guests on my show members, and then another 2 million is what the mom and pop DPC has across the country. So that's my numbers. But um, I want to go through and make sure you know all these people, because if you don't, you should, and they should know you exist too. I don't know who they're getting their imaging from, but they should know you. 
Excellent. Yeah. Okay, good. Um, I, I think, so I, I've been talking a lot about designing the perfect plan and I'm going to put you on the spot. If you were an employer and you are, what would the perfect design look like for your members so that they have the highest value at the lowest cost? Well, I think if it, it, it all starts with direct primary care or some subscription-based care. My employees all have next-level urgent care, right. um, their prime program, which is a subscription-based program where they get their primary care on, you know, either on-site or by virtual care. They get urgent care. They get um, they have X-ray in house. They do DME if there's an osseo, you know, if there's a bony injury. Um, they get a lot of care taken care of in that package. You know, for a young family, it's probably 90% of care. So by the way, I'm, I'm going to interrupt you and, and tell you that Julia Breeze is a welcome addition to this universe. I mean, she got dragged in, not kicking and screaming. She was glad. But when HISD, her biggest client, came to her and said, we need a solution for our regular primary care, not just urgent. She was brought into our universe. And isn't it nice to have her as part of our world? Absolutely. Love working with our, our employees, love their services. Yeah. And she's expanding across Texas. Okay. So your personal plan would start with next level urgent care. What's the next layer with that? Well, they additionally have green imaging. So they get their imaging at zero out of pocket. Um, when, and then the other thing, you know, is we offer a health sharing uh, plan and we subsidize a, a health sharing plan for our members. So like a Sidera or a Zion or a Liberty. Correct. Okay. Yeah, we, we're actually working with Sidera right now. Okay. Um, on top of that, you know, we have a relationship with Texas Free Market Surgery, Texas Medical Management. Yes. So yes. if they need a surgery, that that's there. And, you know, even our members who are on, you know, a spouse's traditional plan um, have utilized that service and saved a lot of money. Yeah, Sean's been on our show as well. So, folks, just to take a step back, she's offering free health care, which is free primary care. Uh, of course, urgent care is thrown in there. She's offering, has Julia thrown in uh, mental health yet? Is she doing that? Yes, there so, is mental okay. health benefit as So that's well. usually bundled in now, folks, yeah. is that the, the mental health and sometimes OC health is bundled in. She's also giving basically free surgery because you can go to Sean's uh, locations in Houston and get really uh, basically uh, error-free, you know, uh, infection-free uh, bundled pricing for any kind of surgery you could possibly imagine. Does that include labor and delivery there? They do not have labor and delivery at this point. Yeah, in time. But Sidera does offer, it, you know, depending on the timing of the pregnancy, Sidera does offer coverage there. Yeah, pre-existing. Okay. And then Sidera is basically their high-risk uh, management or almost like a stop-loss carrier. You know, that's not what, exactly what, what health ministries do. And then the last piece of this, well, the last two pieces would be specialists and labs. How do you handle those? Well, um, both both of those are handled through Sidera. So, okay. you know, some screening labs um, are in, covered in the prime plan. And then, you know, if you've got some kind of special diagnostic workup, those things would be covered in the Sidera plan. The okay, other no. thing Sidera does is it covers the MAP. So you've got the, any screening studies like the, you know, screening mammography and colonoscopy. Okay. Um, or any what, colonoscopy may be, um, you know, that's probably a, you know, a blanket term now for other forms of colon cancer screening. Okay. And what is your total plan costing you for a single or a family member um, right now, if you had to guess? Oh, um, 
I'm sorry, I don't have that. I'm going to guess it's under six hundred a month per member. I, I, well, under six hundred a month. Yeah, I, have, I have a young workforce. Yeah, typically I've seen four to six hundred per month yeah. per member. Okay, folks. So if you've got Aetna, Signo, United, and you're looking at paying way more than four to six hundred a month, um, our guest is an employer, and she's all in for under six hundred a month. And I did the same thing. Um, the benefits of offering free healthcare that I found is I can recruit people incredibly fast that are A players offering free healthcare. Did you have you found that? You know, I, I think when they come in, the recruiting process is difficult because of the health sharing. I think eventually, to if, if we really want to recruit using that, we probably need a little more of a something that people know how to wrap their head around. Now, my employees, once they're in the program, understand it and love it. Yeah, but, and they're not going to leave you because they where else are they going to get free healthcare? Right. Yeah. So that's the same thing. Another thing I found is the only employees I lost were people whose husband, I had mostly uh, female MAs, they or husbands that got transferred to another city or state and I lost them through attrition, not through because they wanted to leave. They they loved it. Um, and the other thing is presenteeism. And these are all part of these soft costs. I said the 10 to 1 or 13 to 1 presenteeism. People are no longer um, resigned at work, as they call it, or checked out. Uh, presenteeism means you're not really there. You're there, but you're not, you don't care. Um, people are engaged. So it's a great recruitment, attraction, and engagement tool, I found. I don't know anything better. Agreed. And we're seeing that nationally, you know, with the plans with whom we work. Yeah. Is there anything else exciting on the frontier of direct primary care, direct care, direct uh, that you're seeing that you're excited about? Well, I think um, I think we are going to get we're getting closer to having the, the opportunity to um, offer it more widely. Um, you know, the tax limitations on direct primary care um, have been a you know somewhat of a non-starter for some companies. And I think we're starting to see a legislative movement uh, move toward promoting it rather than, you know, putting barriers in the way of it. That's good. I, I You know, the, the interesting thing about the tax savings is if you're going to save 20 or 30% on taxes by deducting healthcare like you currently do, the savings are way beyond that. <laughs> for, right. Exactly. For, it's almost like a non- I don't know. It's it's a, it's not a logical move to say, well, we're not going to do it because we're not going to save enough on taxes. It's ridiculous right. in the big picture. It is, but it, it's hard for people to wrap their head around. So I've I've had I think seven employers on this show since we spoke that all are using uh, this model. And when I asked them if they'd ever go back to the old standard, what do you think they'd say? Absolutely not. Yeah, they laugh. I mean, I get a if I want to get a guaranteed chortle. Sometimes a giggle, but often a chortle. I will get that question out, and they are completely uninterested in going back to legacy care. They think it's ridiculous. All right, so let's talk about deductibles, copays, premiums. All that goes away in this universe now, and that's gigantic friction barrier that is eliminated. Your doctors no longer have to uh, chart and code and bill anymore. So the, from an EHR perspective, your radiologist must be a little bit happier. Well, you know, radiologists fortunately don't have to do a lot of that. We still have to deal with that, you know, at a billing level because we are being, you know, fee for service. 
And the interesting thing that I'm seeing is with the, you know, the real push toward reference-based pricing and, and reference-based pricing, unfortunately, since Medicare is the only reference anybody uses, imaging has taken cuts the last 20 years to offset increases in the E&M reimbursement. And so it's, it's, it's a broken reference for imaging. The, the funny thing that's happening to me is I'm getting pushed to try to do reference-based pricing or, you know, participate in a reference-based pricing plan. And I've spent 12 years bundling pricing and being asked to unbundle it just makes no logical sense. No, of course not. So, yeah. You know, that's that. But um, my radiologists are pretty agnostic to the financial. They, they, they just need to get in there and read their studies. Yeah. And they don't have to be as attentive to rather silly bureaucracy that goes into reporting um, for more traditional payers. Sure, I understand. Well, what questions should I have asked you that I didn't ask you? Um, I think, you know, one is what kind of savings can we provide for an employer? Okay. For somebody who's just starting on this journey, because I think we're a great step. We're a great first step for a company. I think, you know, DPC, if I had to, to give advice, I would say, you know, some kind of subscription-based primary care should be first. Okay. Next step, you know, I think, Imaging is a very logical next step. And that's because, you know, like you say, more than 50% of people are delaying care because they can't afford it. And that is having significant implications in um, where, you know, at what stage cancer is being diagnosed. Mm. And so, you know, subsidizing the imaging, providing the imaging at zero out of pocket um, can also have bigger savings, um, you know, on early diagnosis rather than these delayed diagnoses we're seeing. Great. Thank you. Um, well, I think we've got it. I think this was a good interview. I learned a lot today. Uh, you shocked me on the front end. That doesn't happen too often and I love it. So if people want to find you, Kristen, how do they reach out to you? Um, Green Imaging is www.greenimaging.net. Um, okay. That's .net. And our Phone number is 713-524-9190. Right. And then my next question is, if you could fly a banner over America, what would that banner say? Zero out-of-pocket health care. Love it. <laughs> okay. Talk, thank you. Okay. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening. You want to shake things up? There's two things you can do for us. One, go to primarycarecures.com for show notes and links to our guests. And number two, Help us spotlight what's working in primary care by listening on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts and subscribing and leave us a review. It helps our megaphone more than you know. Until next episode. <laughs>